Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westgar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. This is the Omega oh Launch Podcast, and on today's episode, I'm talking to Jasmine Jonti, and she helps expert turn brain dumps into world-class courses with her uh, DeFi or done for you course creation agency. Um, and on today's episode, we talk about not just creating course and all that goes into that, but also a little bit about, you know, what you need to think about before you're launching it. So this is a real good one. Uh, we had a great conversation. Stay tuned. Okay. So one quick note before we get into today's episode, now we all know creating content takes time, but it'll be more effective if you already have mapped out your entire launch so that you know exactly what needs to be done, by when, and by who. Now, if you want to have a stress-free launch, all you have to do is sign up for a free Map Out Your Launch mini course so that you'll have a solid launch plan for your next launch. Now, you'll find the link in the show notes, or you can go to www.kenwescar.com forward slash launch plan. Have you launched your online course with great success? Or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry. Well, it really doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Ken Westgar, and I'll help online course creators and membership site owners creating the most fun and profitable launches without having to go it alone. In this podcast, we talk about all kinds of launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories that highlights the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success that comes from being in launch mode. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Welcome to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. I am your host, Ken Muscar, and today I have Jasmine with me. Welcome, Jasmine. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on, and uh, I want to say thank you once again, because you were really understanding last week because we had to reschedule um, because I got COVID. So Jasmine was kind enough to be understanding and you know reschedule for this week. So I really appreciate that. Um, but today we're going to talk about courses, uh, and that's big thing in the online space. We all know that, but we're not going to talk about how you create the courses in that aspect, but we're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, what you need to think about when you promote it and how you get it out there and uh, how you're going to start before you actually creating the course. So why don't you start with uh, a little introduction, you know, tell us who you are, who you help and how you help people. Sure. So hi, I'm Jasmine. uh, And I lead a done for you course creation agency What that means is we take expert knowledge and wisdom, we translate that into a digital product that gets students results and also helps the business win Um, because the better your product is, the more likely you are to have repurchases, referrals, that way to grow a business that a lot of people forget about because we're always focused on like, how do I get more clients? How do I get more clients? How do I get more clients? When truly, if you have just a world-class learning experience available, those people will give you your next leads. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So um, that's what we do. It's kind of like ghostwriting a book, you know, like you talk to a ghostwriter and then they translate, you know, this jibber jabber that you have into a book. We do the same thing, but with digital products, mostly courses. Mm -hmm. And how did you end up in this space? I mean, did you go through a lot of courses on your own and saw that there was something that you felt like people can do better than this or how did that kind of start? Yeah. Um, 
I did. I invested in, that was like the initial pivot. I was already in business, but it was Mm -hmm. the pivot from doing my own programs and running my own masterminds to a done for you agency. I invested in like a $7,500 scale your business program. And this guy's marketing was really good. And we had really aligned values or so I thought. Um, And then I got into the program and I was like, this is total crap. Like it was so clear that they just, he just went on a walk and like, like the topic was, I don't know, master classes and he video, you know, voice recorded himself and then dubbed slides over top. Mm -hmm. And there was no resources. There was no deliverables. There wasn't a clear learning journey. It was just like real bad. And I thought, man, if this guy's making, he was a multiple seven figure earner. I was like, if he's making multiple seven figures, like on this program, man, there's gotta be a lot more courses out there who are, which are also as, uh, detrimental to the user, to the student that need a a facelift to put it lightly. Uh, (laughs) And I thought, you know, like I can, I can do better than this. I have a background in teaching and I was like, you know what, let me try it. And so then pure manifesting generator style, I like tried it and was like, Oh yeah, I can do this. It takes all my little things that I've done in my life and puts it into one little, you know, one package that I really love to deliver. Mm-hmm. So yeah, our, now I just try and keep every, every course that I work on. It's like our mission is to just end the course graveyard, which is like everybody has a course sitting in their inbox somewhere that they paid for that they either logged in once and thought it was horrible and never logged in again, or maybe they never even logged in because they didn't get the login or what have you. So uh, yeah, we're on a mission to end the course graveyard. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, what has been one of your, or yeah, the best course experience that you see or that you wish you could see in other places as well? Yeah. People ask me this a lot. Like what's me personally as someone who does this, what's the best course that I've taken? And I love Stu McLaren's tribe Mm -hmm. program. I mean, like it's just, it's so great because there's bite-sized chunks, you know, there he's meeting visual auditory kinesthetic learners um, there's actionable, tangible ways to, to get, to, to get the result, right? There's a really rad community behind it. Um, there's gamification. He brings in great experts. He only unlocks things once you've hit the main goals, right? He's very big on like keeping the main thing, the main thing rather than swirling mm-hmm. out. So really love his program. Like can't, I'm not an affiliate for him, but like I would be if I could, cause I think, I think it's, it's, it's a really great program. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when did you join Tribe? Two, three years ago. Mm, two or yeah. three, two and a half, three think, years ago, something like that. Yeah, around the same time as I did, I think, maybe. Then. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about it? I think it was great, yeah. Just like you said. Um, you know, it's it's short, bite-sized, like you just said, and you can choose to watch a video. You can, you know, do the... Uh, workbooks and you know he has everything specific but i think that's what you mentioned you know um but people have different learning styles and you gotta kind of adapt to that in fact you know have a video have audio have transcripts have workbooks obviously that sounds like a lot of work but i mean if you create a video you kind of just need to pull everything out from that right Mm -hmm. right yeah, I think the the creation process, the more intentional you can be, 
in the beginning of the creation process, the easier the actual creation process is, Mm -hmm. right? So things like deliverables, workbooks, learning styles, you really have to have that game plan up front. I think of it, I think of it like building a house. Mm -hmm. If you nail the blueprints, then you're just executing, right? Right. Like you don't really have to think a whole lot. You're just executing. And -hmm. if you have the right instructional design to back up that blueprint, you're good. You know, the, the, ex, yeah. the, the build is a lot simpler than people. Um, it takes, it requires less energy. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that everyone is cut out to create a course? I mean, you obviously need to, I mean, there's different ways of, you know, presenting a course, obviously, but a lot of times today, you know, it's video. Um, not everybody likes being on video or maybe is suited to be on video or speaking to an audience. How do you feel about that? I think it's less about the person delivering it and it's more about the student transformation Mm -hmm. and what's required for that transformation. Like as an example, I did uh, an immigration course. So like immigration law and Mm -hmm. we helped people get a visa, you know, so people abroad, we help them get, it's like this pathway to get a visa and and live in the U S right. It's called the O one. It's an extraordinary person's visa. And that program was like 95% written. There was barely any video content because it, there wasn't, it was like, they just needed tasks to do, right? There, of course, there's a bit of why you have to pull in why this is important, why this step is important. Why, like, why not to, why to not skip this step, right? You want to involve them in the why, but for the most part, the students who are taking it, who were trying to get that transformation of being someone abroad to someone living in the United States via this visa, which is the vehicle. They just needed someone to tell them what the heck to do. Mm-hmm. Right. They were already involved. They already wanted it bad enough. And a lot of them even outsourced a lot of the course to, you know, their, their assistant, cause it was gathering documentation and the like. So I think as far as showing up on video and like, is everybody cut out for it? I think it's less about if you're cut out for it. It's more about what do your students need? And if they need you to show up on video, well, then you need to become the person who can rock on video. And that's just mindset work. That's internal work. That's neurolinguistic programming. Like go talk to an NLP practitioner, like like redo your story around how you're showing up on video and what it means to show up on video. And if, you know, it's like Tony Robbins always says, if I turn me into we, everything changes. Mm-hmm. And so if, if we stop thinking about like, oh my gosh, I'm on video. Oh my gosh, how does my hair look on video? Oh my gosh, like, am I going to be engaging or captivating on video? Instead, just think about what do my, my students really need me to like verbally demonstrate this with enthusiasm and energy. If you put it on them, then it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to figure it out and show up on video. But also, I mean, it kind of takes off a little bit of... Um a burden to, you know, feel like you have to have a video Absolutely. or anything like because you obviously don't. And that's yeah. I think a lot of people get hung up on that because they that's what they see, you know, every course they join is video of some kind, usually. Um, but you just told us that, you know, you don't really have to. It, it, it obviously depends on what you're teaching uh, teaching the audience and all that stuff, but still. And as a podcast host, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and your listeners are probably all podcast listeners. 
one of the biggest trends I'm seeing right now is audio only programs. Mm -hmm. So it's like you sign up for the course and you get a a private podcast feed access. My favorite tool for this is Hello Audio. Um, They can do this like in one click. It's pretty brilliant. If you want to build a podcast course, I recommend you check them out. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing, especially if you have a podcast and your listeners are all podcast listeners, you can make your whole program audio only with a workbook and you're mm-hmm. done. And that means you never have to like, at least for us women, you know, we're like, oh, I got to do my makeup. I got to do my hair. What am I wearing? It's like a whole thing. I know you guys less care less about it. At well, least. I, my hair I is can- pretty... <laughs> <laughs> pretty okay <laughs> pretty great yeah yeah i'm sure that took you a long time this morning huh oh yeah definitely um, i spent a couple of minutes <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah that's another big hot trend right now mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. it's good to see that you can do it a different kind of ways definitely um but how do we i mean obviously we need to if you know we started creating course outlining it is probably the best way to start with um coming up with the idea of course you have any tips yeah. on that? Is that like just a brain dump or how does that look? Uh, it often starts that way. Like usually my clients come to me and they're like, here's my Google doc. <laughs> and it's like a 20 page Google doc of lots of random thoughts that are not in the right place at all. That some of them need to go in the course. Some of them should definitely not be in the course. Many people come to me with a Google doc that I'm like, there's three courses inside of this one Google doc. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, I think a rookie mistake is to go and build your course, the product first. First, you need to build the offer, Mm -hmm. right? And like the offer is what's the promise of the program? What's the step-by-step method you're taking them through? What's that? What's your proprietary method that's so enticing that they think there's no other way to get to this result except Mm -hmm. to use your method? Right? It's about what's the price? What are the bonuses? It's really building out the offer. Because when you're building a course, the question you need to keep asking yourself is, what is what do I want my students to be able to do as a result of this course, as a result of this module, as a result of this lesson, as a result of this workbook, as a result? Like, what do you want them to be able to do as a result? Mm-hmm. And there are some, I mean, variations of that, right? Who do you want them to be as a result of taking this? And uh, what habits do you want them to install as a result of doing this? But it's always, I the first one that comes to mind is, what do you want them to be able to do? Because the results come through action. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're mapping out your program, first you start with the offer. And when you really nail that main promise, then you start chunking it into modules, which to me are like one hour blocks. And then you break that module into five to 15 minute lessons. Mm -hmm. So if we're thinking about a launching course, for example, um, like you tell me, what do you think the first step is someone needs to take when it comes to launching something new for the first time? Uh, They definitely need to work on their messaging. That's like the foundation of everything, I think. Great. So that's, that's, maybe that's one module is you have, Mm -hmm an hour of content on messaging, but you chunk it down into five to 15 minute sections. So maybe there's um, a lesson on your vehicle, right? Maybe there's a lesson on pain points. There's a lesson on, you know, uh, what's on the other side of this problem. So you're starting to create that before and after picture for them in the messaging of what's before your program, what's after your program. 
But that's, that's how I like to think of it in my brain is Mm -hmm. what's the big result? What are the smaller results, the steps on the path to that big result? And then how do we chunk those up into really bite size, almost binge worthy components? Yeah. So would you say that, um, that you would start out with, you know, what is the transformation that people would get from going through this course? That's like, okay, that's like the headline of all of this. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you kind of, well, I will teach them how to get that transformation with using my framework, my method, whatever. And then you kind of bite sized everything from there. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Sounds like a so- reasonable way to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and some programs at kind of the only, the caveat to that, I have done, I actually do quite a few of these choose your own adventure programs. Mm-hmm. So rather than just like here, step one, step two, step three, step four, like you have to do all these steps in this order. It's almost like a menu. Yeah. So to get to like launching is another easy example. There's a challenge launch. There's a webinar launch. There's a beta launch. There's a, um, wait list launch. And so it's instead of them going all the way through step by step, they just pick which one they want to do and they go do that. Yeah. It wouldn't make sense to, Hey, listen, you got to do all of these different kind of launches and then you'll understand what they were going mm-hmm. on. But yeah. yeah. And I, I love that approach as well. Um, you know, I mean, business by the sound of James Wedmore and that's basically his type of course is just a big, pile of resources basically so you take whatever you kind of need at the moment at the stage where you're in in your business and you use that instead of going through every single thing like from a to c which wouldn't kind of work yes i mean his i'm in his i've taken his program too and it's very much uh think of it like an encyclopedia Mm -hmm. and less of like a course because it's more like you have to have the wherewithal to know this is what I need right now. Like this is my next step. And then you go in there and figure out, he helps you figure out how to take that step, but you have to be self-directed enough to know in order to get to this goal, right. For this quarter, here's what I need to do to get there. Whether that's, mm-hmm. you know, launch a new lead magnet, do ads, have a launch, work on your messaging, etc. You have to be able to pinpoint your own problem so that you can then go and use the right resource. And I think that's why a lot of people get overwhelmed with like launching courses because they don't know where to start. It's like all these resources are great, but where, like, where the heck do I start? And he does a pretty good job breaking down like, you know, if you have this problem, do this. If you have this problem, do this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So when we kind of know what our course is going to look like. We have the outline. Um, I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, that you should launch it before you actually create it. So is, and I also heard that you shouldn't do that. So, you know, what are your takes on that? Yeah. Well, I'm curious to hear your take on this too, uh, because I've had my mindset shifted on this lots of times and it always comes back to, I don't think it's as do this or do that. Mm-hmm. as people say it is, um, you know, we want to put polarizing content out there so that our people are attracted to us. And I just don't know if this is as a polarizing issue as people make it out to see, right? This whole idea mm-hmm. of monetize before you make it, you know, run a beta launch, sell it before you build it. Um, I think it depends on the client. It depends on what assets you're working with. Are you starting from ground zero? Have you worked with people one-on-one before? Like all of that makes 
a difference when it comes to doing a beta launch, right? Launching for the first time. I think that the musts either way are market research. You've got to go talk to your clients, you know, those ideal clients one-on-one. I'm not talking about like, sometimes people think, I say market research and they're like, oh, you mean like a focus group? <laughs> like, no, not like a focus group. This is like, you just, like me and Ken right now, you just talk to them one-on-one and you ask them some questions and you don't leave them in any way and you see what their ideal solution is, um, what challenges they're really going through right now, what would, if I could snap my fingers and give you what you want, what would that look like, right? Those kinds of questions. So that's a must. I also think that course map that we talked about is a must. If you don't know enough about your topic to build a really great course map, you probably need to go do some more one-on-ones first, like teach like one-on-one coaching first. Yeah. Um, cause you just don't know enough about your ideal client to know what they need. Right. So I think you at least need the map. Um, and then, you know, your offer and messaging is really, really, really important. Mm-hmm. And that's different than your product, right? Yeah. There's some things inside your pro like that are in your product that you want to write with a copywriter hat on, but yeah. Th- so I'd say those are the main things, but I'm curious to hear your opinion what do you think about this whole yeah no i've um you know i've always heard about you know mantas before we make it so basically you just invite people to come on and you have a, this vague idea of what you're going to create and then i saw somebody post uh you know that you shouldn't do this and um they kind of shifted my perspective on this because it wasn't so much about you know you don't really have to create everything but you shouldn't have people coming to you and telling you you know what it should be and what you look like and you just standing there waiting for people to tell you how, how the course should be. So like we talked about, you know, we should at least have a method or framework that you can start building on and, you know, have that outline so people can come to you and because it's coming to you because they want to learn something. So obviously you need to have a pretty good idea of what it is that you want to teach within the course. So it's just that little shift. So you, you still haven't made it. But you at least know that kind of what you want to go through. And obviously, you will take feedback on the things that you're teaching. But you still mm-hmm. have like the broad sparks of the entire course. Yeah. And I I mean, we get to a point in our process, that's the, the production calendar. So our production calendar names every module, every lesson, every deliverable, how it's being delivered, um, you know, the, the portal outline, like what we're going to put inside of the portal um, filming schedule, when things are going to be filmed, are they direct to camera? Are they slide deck? Are they fully produced? Are they audio only? Are they like, we have literally everything mapped out. Mm -hmm. And if we're working with someone who's doing a beta launch, that's when we have that done. That's when they go launch. And not only does it help them sell it because they have more, um, people, those logical buyers are more likely to buy it when you have those things outlined. Like I'm a, thorough. I'm like totally a logical buyer. Like if you were to give me a, like, here's the big promise. And I, you know, the, like the program is here's the, here's the method, but you couldn't give me module titles. I'd be like, peace, I'm out. Like I gotta know exactly <laughs> what what's in that. All about? Give me something. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but it not only helps you sell it, but it helps you be more confident mm-hmm. in what your action and that energy alone that attracts people in. Cause then you're yeah. not desperate right? Because desperation scares money away, right? Exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
Absolutely. So, um, and, and the, the third, the second benefit I'd say to having that completely mapped out is my clients who work with me in some regard to create that production calendar. And then maybe they go off on their own and they, I don't build the course for them. They just, Mm -hmm. I get them to that place and then they go build it. They rarely refilm anything. So the only feedback they get from their clients is like questions about what's coming in the next module. Mm -hmm. Rarely do they need to, and usually the, the upsell rates are like 30%. Like, so they buy the next program, they buy the higher ticket. It's like 30%. And they only filmed it one time, which is the big problem. If you just go with a a beta launch and don't actually like put the time in to map it out ahead and you're just kind of showing up every week, you're going to have to really refilm that whole thing. That's exhausting. Yeah. And at times. And obviously you still can, you know, take the feedback and, you know, was there something that was missing? It's just like, what deeper on, you know, that kind of stuff, but you at least have the bare minimum, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, what we we kind of just talked about it, but you basically don't have to refilm everything, but at some point you might have to do some upgrades or, you know, make it into a little bit, better because you you've learned something you've gotten some feedback um is that something you should do between every time you launch it or i mean after each launch maybe we should say that like that yeah i let the feedback be the guide for mm-hmm. updates and upgrades um and feedback coming from students first and foremost right you want to have different feedback mechanisms inside the program And that's feedback, not only about, do they like it? Do they feel like they're getting enough out of it? You know, how likely are they to refer it to a friend, right? That net promoter score. It's also, are they getting it? Like you Mm want to have some Mm -hmm. kinds of checks for understanding in there to see, okay, are they actually, you know, understanding and retaining this content? And then your testimonials, right? Like are people getting the result? (laughs) That's enough to tell you if your program's working or not. That's really Mm -hmm. the, the true test. So I let that be the guide first. And then second is the evolution of the coach. Um, because, you know, the people I work with, they evolve so quickly. And uh, they, they move on between different projects so quickly because they're learning and growing like at warp speed. Um, and when they get to their legacy offers, right, those offers that they promote year after year after year, Sometimes it makes sense to update every year. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, so, but it, it's really dependent on, yeah, that evolution of the coach. Do they, do they feel fully expressed inside of the program? Because the sales and the marketing, the energy of this whole launch, even if it's on Ener- Evergreen, like the energy of that is somewhat dependent on, does the coach feel fully expressed inside of this container, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then I say the last thing that helps you determine whether it's time to upgrade is the evolution of the industry. Um, like Facebook ads, for example. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Facebook ads courses or <laughs> YouTube. All right. I did a YouTube course and it's like, there's just certain lessons in there. They refilm every six months Oh wow! because they have to, because you know, YouTube puts this button over there and they're getting questions in their Facebook group. Like I can't find the button. Right. Yeah. As they should, because it doesn't look like that anymore. So it's a little bit that, you know, caveat there. If you're in an industry that changes a lot, you're going to have to just do more updates. It's just part of the vehicle. Same with uh, crypto courses. Mm, yeah. Cryptocurrency courses, those things. A lot of, lot of updating 
on there. <laughs> Uh, but in terms of upgrading, um, obviously, there's kind of two ways to do this. Um, some people choose to say, okay, you can upgrade to the new version for a certain amount. And then others have like, you got this course for free, for oh, not for free, but you have the course, whatever upgrades comes with it is for free for the rest of a lifetime. Um, how do you feel about those two options? I like them both for the right people, mm -hmm. I, but I sway towards giving lifetime. Yeah. I sway towards giving lifetime. I just think it's it's better karma, dude. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just better karma. You can't if you do say, hey, for this price, you can get the upgrade, it's usually like a lower ticket. Like I saw Manifestation Babe did that this last year. She did this huge overhaul of her MBA mm -hmm. program. And it was some it was a couple hundred bucks, I want to say. That's and for a couple bad. hundred bucks, you got the upsell, which as a business owner, it's like, I know what goes into completely revamping a course. And like, mm -hmm. I get why she would do that a hundred percent. And it's also a good energy exchange for maybe your, your clients who are from a couple of years ago and they haven't really logged in in a while and they kind of forgot they have it. And mm -hmm. it's kind of revives that energy by creating that energy exchange through money. Um, but yeah, there's no hard and fast rule. Overall, I lean towards lifetime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, same. I mean, going back to business about design with James Webmore, I mean, that man, I mean, he just keeps on giving and giving and giving. It's not just about upgrading the course, but if he creates something different and he, he'd be happy to kind of give it to you regardless. Mm -hmm. And I mean... It, it, there's so much respect for that man just based on that and obviously you would love to kind of share this with people you wouldn't need to be an affiliate to share that with people right because you know I mean, you just invest this and i promise you you're going to have twice as much by the time you know you've been there a couple of years you have twice as much in value thousand so. percent i you know it's raving fans right yeah you want to create raving fans and Absolutely. when you over deliver, you create raving fans. Full stop. You want to create mm -hmm. repurchases and referrals? Over deliver. <laughs> so, have you ever read um, 1000 True Fans? I haven't read it. I've seen some ads for it, um, yeah. but I haven't read it. I don't, I just read like an article on it. I don't, I didn't read a book about it, but yeah. that really changed my perspective on like audience growth. And how a lot of people really harp on, you need a big audience, you need a big audience, and definitely a benefit if you have one. But sure. when I changed my perspective to think, I just need a thousand true fans. I don't need 25,000 Instagram followers. I don't need, you know, a podcast with 8 million subscribers. I just need a thousand true fans. And you create those true fans by doing elements like a lifetime which mm -hmm. just puts in the, yeah. the good energy for the relationship. And that's what you kind of see with the big influencers, you know, with millions of followers and they mm -hmm. can't even sell a t-shirt, you know? This is a thing. <laughs> this is a thing. This is actually happening. So yeah, it is not a matter of how many people you have. It's about the people that you have as your people, mm -hmm. yeah. your true fans. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um creating course obviously you probably give it a good name and all that stuff but it might be under a personal brand 
Mm-hmm. Um, is there a point where it's a good idea to kind of step away from that personal brand and just let the course be or stand his own legs, I guess? There's different reasons why people would do that. Um, if it, when it comes to branding itself, actually, I learned this from um, Branditize, which is a marketing agency out of San Diego. And mm-hmm. they, they, cause I asked the question, like, if I'm a personal brand and I have a program, at what point do I need to separate these two brands? And I mean, even just for like from a visual perspective, like mm-hmm. my brand is blue, but my program has this like yellow scheme to it. Right. And their answer was, if you have a program, if you, if you have multiple programs that are inside of different niches, they each need to stand on their own. But if you are, you know, the, a wealth influencer, right? You teach people how to make passive income through real estate and your brand is green and your program is about um, I don't know, passive income through real estate and one is passive income through Airbnbs and one is passive different options, then you can all keep it under the same branding. Mm-hmm. And that made a lot of sense to me versus uh, someone like, like a Brian Tracy, right? If you know Brian Tracy, so it, like there's a productivity course and there's a relationships co- or Tony Robbins, right? He has a productivity course. It's blue. He has a relationship course. Branding is mostly pink. He has, right? So th- that's one that really helped me kind of distinguish at what point does the course need its own visual branding mm-hmm. um, in terms of like, disassociating your course from your personal brand. There's multiple ways to do that. Usually people do that if they want to exit or sell Mm -hmm. at some point, like they want to sell the assets. And um, I, the main thing I'd say there is it can't just be about you. That's when you have to bring in different collaborators, make it more of like a, a summit style where this person teaches marketing and this person, if it's a business course, this person mm-hmm. teaches marketing, this person teaches finance, this person teaches branding, this person teaches team and ops because it's, um, it's harder to sell an asset that's purely under a personal brand. Mm-hmm. Does that make that, sense? Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of a way to build a course as well. You don't actually have to do it all on your own. You can get people from the outside and yeah, do different stuff that, kind of falls in there under the same, um, the course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really, it's a little easier. Yeah. A lot of people are doing that nowadays, like collaboration. It makes it more fun. I started to see it first in like the mastermind world, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, like my coach, Jen Conger, she has a mastermind and she's an intuitive business coach. And so she does most of the mastermind sessions, but then she has a coach come in for human design. Mm-hmm. She's had a breathwork coach come in. I think she's had, uh, Oh, I'm missing one. Some other modality come in, Akashic Records maybe. And so she's working with these other people and there's co-coaches that each have their niche specialty. Mm-hmm. So I first saw it in the mastermind kind of group coaching world. And now I'm really starting to see the through lines into legit courses, like DIY courses and done with you courses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just the way things are going to move is people are just really going to own what they're good at. Yep. And then bring in other people who are really good at what they're good at. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's just a collaboration and it doesn't hurt your business. It's just kind of, it's a good side effect of, you know, you getting people over here, you can send people over mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. It's good karma, yeah. like you said. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if you talk to really super wealthy, wealthy, wealthy people, um, I'm talking like billionaires mm-hmm. and multimillionaires, they always say, I want, I'd rather have 
a smaller piece of a bigger pie than a bigger piece of a smaller pie. Mm. So when you make that mindset switch around programs, it's like, okay, so if we can create a bigger pie by bringing these different collaborators together, I'd rather have a smaller piece of that because it's going to end up being better for me than to just keep the whole pie to myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to end up with a smaller pie and a smaller, yeah. like it's going to be less. So. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Any other trends that you've seen coming into the course industry? Um, a lot more gamification. Mm-hmm. People are figuring out how to how to make it really fun for people to take their programs, which is great. Um, a lot of that comes through like badges and points, but there's lots of different ways to gamify. And uh, mm-hmm. the number one people, the number thing people want is actually status. So that's the idea with badges. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I got my rising star badge or whatever it may be, but there's plenty of ways to do that. That doesn't involve, um, like some kind of gamification tech, which is where people get, you know, in their head about it. Yeah. So I see a lot of gamification happening right now. And I see a lot of people moving more toward adding a done for you element to their done with you program. Mm-hmm. Meaning uh, like if you're having a launching course, maybe the done for you element is like we build your sales page. Just an example. Mm-hmm. So people are like loving that right now because there's this middle place, right? Of, of our, of our clients who they're kind of past the do it yourself stage. <laughs> they're, they're tired of taking courses. They don't want to keep doing it, but they're also not at a place where they can just straight up outsource everything. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what's the most painful thing that's going to take them the most time. That's the hardest to get done. If you add that as a done for you element or a done for you option to your program, sells like hotcakes every time, at least right now, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's happening. What else is really hot in courses right now? This isn't super hot, but I'd like to see it hotter <laughs> is socializing learning. So creating really intentional space for your clients to interact with the learning together. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is not just like, I'm going to come on a group coaching call and you know, I'm going to get coached and there's going to be hot seat coaching. This is like intentional ways for them to connect around the content. Cause that's really when we learn it mm-hmm. is when we talk about it, when we engage with it with another person rather than just me sitting, watching my computer and taking a program. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And obviously we've seen um, communities, um, you know, the hot seats, coaching, group coaching, all that stuff. That's, that's really great. And if you, get into a course where they have a really great community. There's nothing better. I mean, mm-hmm. to be in a community that's, um, you know, where there's no judgment and you can ask any questions. There's no one going to mm-hmm. talk down on you or anything like that. I mean, that's mm-hmm. great. But uh, yeah, social learning. Yeah. Socialized learning, facilitate connections. Um, I'm in scalable, I'm in a scalable community with Ryan Dice and they do uh, monthly coffee chats and you <laughs> fill out this form and then they randomly connect you with someone else in the community and you just get together and have a coffee chat. And it's so simple. And it's like a VA in the Philippines could run that like mm-hmm. for a couple hours a month. It's such a low barrier thing that you can do. And yet, oh my gosh, some of those connection calls have led to 
not only new business, but like hires, resources, uh, just a general feeling of like, I'm not freaking alone. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So it's like making, making an effort to facilitate connections beyond just like, I have a Facebook group. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked a lot about the positive, good vibes, you know, but what are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen course creators make when they're building out the course, launching the course? Yeah. The biggest juices, juiciest mistakes. Biggest juiciest mistakes. Uh, We have talked about some of them, meaning like Mm. make sure you have your foundation in place before you go do your launches. Um, uh, A lot of people don't do that. Mm-hmm. Another big mistake I see people making is they they think that just because someone bought their course, they're going to finish it mm-hmm. or they're going to take it even. They're going to open yeah. it and get the result. Like, it should be expected, but yeah. <laughs> it's just not true. Um, so then the question becomes, okay, well, how do I keep marketing and selling to my clients to keep taking the course, <laughs> to be, right? Um, and I think it comes down to telling them why each and every step is so important. Mm-hmm. Every single lesson I write starts with a reason why they need to take this, whether that's a statistic to scare them of what might happen if they don't take it, or a story of a former client when they took this lesson, this was the big change in their life. Or, um, you know, some kind of framework that gets them excited to see how this links to the other pieces of the program that they've already done, right? Like creating that loop. There's a ton of different ways to do it. But like, you gotta, gotta, gotta always be talking about why they should keep taking it and what's on the other side of this and reminding them of their big vision on the other side of finishing this lesson, this module, this course, whatever it is. I think that's a huge mistake people make is they just think, oh, they bought it. Mm-hmm. You know, they spent 500 bucks, a grand, five grand. They're going to take my course. No, not necessarily. Um, so, yeah, that's a that's a big one for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I probably have a few courses myself just sitting there hanging out. You kind of maybe started it, but yeah, never finish it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's there though. I got lifetime yeah. for it. So, <laughs> yeah. and, and then another way to like do this, I don't know if this is in the wheelhouse of any of your listeners, but neurolinguistic programming, mm-hmm. like using the, that to shift mindsets in the first couple lessons of a, a new module is yeah. really powerful. Cause if you do it right, they're not going to want to get up from their computer chair until they've finished that module. Mm-hmm. And they're going to come back to it the next day. So just I'll put that out there. Go talk to an NLP person and help them help them help. Let them help you. Yeah. No, but it's, it's very true. Um, just kind of something to get them to, I don't know, get out of their own head and start seeing things differently or just get another idea and thought just to, yeah, get their attention basically. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, we, we often launch these courses over and over again. Um, are there any typical mistakes that we see when we're relaunching the course for the next time versus the previous time? Is there something we should think about 
uh, in terms of the course. When you're relaunching a program? Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's something you want to consider before you actually launch. Like, you know, when you're mapping out your launch plan, like, Mm -hmm. you know, my May 2022 launch, whatever it is. When you're mapping out that launch plan, you also want to map out the content that you want to shift, if you want to shift any, and how that might affect the launch. Mm -hmm. Because if you're launching a program, you know, once a year, twice a year, and you have people following you, oh, it's not the right time. Oh, it's not the right time. Oh, it's not the right time. And you make a shift in the content, it could now miraculously be the right time for the person. So you want to front load it by thinking, okay, what do I want to change about this that's going to make my offer juicier? (laughs) It's going to make people want to say yes. And then work that into your your nurture content, right? Wherever you decide that goes in your content for your launch, you want to work it in there. And you also, as much as you can, you want to have it already done before before you launch like you want the content already changed so when you launch you don't have to worry about that because you know oh my god i'm launching there's enough to worry about (laughs) (laughs) when you're launching you don't need to worry about oh shit i'm supposed to oh sorry i don't know if this is a a rated podcast like oh man i gotta refilm that bonus i forgot i promised that to them Mm. so yeah those are a couple tips i guess yeah um Speaking of bonuses, that is a huge thing in obviously when you're launching courses, programs, whatever. Um, what are your thoughts on what should a bonus be? I mean, should it just be something random that you kind of put in there to make the course or program bigger or better? Or should should there actually be some thought to it? Oh, man. Nothing in your business should be random. <laughs> um, obviously, but it's <laughs> But like, that's a good point. It's like, should I just put in a bonus to make it bigger? No. In fact, Mm -hmm. you want your program, your course to be as small as it can be while still getting the result. Mm -hmm. Because nobody, nobody cares about a, what I call a hunk of dunk mondo course. Nobody nobody cares about the hunk of dunk mondo courses. They want to do as little as possible to get to the result. Mm -hmm. Bonuses in my mind, and I think I'm, I might have learned about this through BBD. They create convenience and battle objections. Yep. So if you're thinking about your learning journey, what are the outcomes that are the sticking points for your clients? What are the moments where they're like, they're SOS foxering you? Like, oh God, what are the moments that just seem so hard for them? then you create a bonus to help them uh, more conveniently get to that result. Mm-hmm. And then same thing with like battling objections. Uh, for example, one of my clients teaches um, Natasha Rankin. She's amazing. You guys should totally follow her. She teaches um, like how to grow a six figure intuitively led business. So she works with empaths, introverts, sense, highly sensitive women. Mm-hmm. And Inside of her program, she teaches, you know, like a a typical launch strategy, how to create an offer, how to do packages, et cetera. And one of the biggest hangups that her people have is how to do a sales call in a way that feels aligned because they're all really heart led. They like like a sticking point for them is like a sales call. So one of her bonuses is I think it's called like a, a heart led sales script 
So it's like a sales script without being a sales script. And um, that's a huge bonus point for her, for her people. Another bonus that she's added in is uh, like copywriting check-ins. So this is kind of like one of those done for you things that I mentioned mm-hmm. um, where they write their sales page and they get a legit review from her or a copywriter on her team. So it just eases that objection of like, but I can't launch a group program because I, I've never written a sales page before. Mm-hmm. How am I going to do that? Like without any help. Um, and I'll also say you can pull, you can look at your content inside of your course and you can pull things out and label them as a bonus. Anytime you see someone that's like 300 tools, templates, and techniques as a bonus, spoiler alert, that's in the course. They just pulled them all out, added them up and labeled it as a bonus. Mm -hmm. Same thing with like, if it says like 256 page workbook, they already had a workbook, but they just separated that from the main program and made it a bonus. So sometimes yeah. bonuses aren't like you need to create something new. It's you just need to pick something from inside of your program that's really juicy that you want to highlight that solves, that creates convenience or solves one of those objections and name it a bonus. Mm-hmm. And they could finish the course without that workbook. I mean, you don't have to have the workbook, yes. but it's a nice bonus. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lovely. Um, I feel like we could talk a lot about this. Uh, we already have. Um, is there anything that you feel like we haven't mentioned that we should mention before we wrap up? I just, man, I just think a lot of people right now, I've been hearing this everywhere, is they're wondering, oh my gosh, there's so many programs out there. Mm-hmm. And what do I do to stand out to, you know, improve my success rate to make sure that I make it. And, um, I would just say you guys, like there is no one in the world that is you and that is your power, right? We've all heard this, but actually like embody that and own how special you are because there literally is no one in the world that is you and lead with that, lead with the confidence that no one's going to do you better than you. Mm Mm-hmm. So when you're, when you're building your program, get excited, get into that space of you get to serve people with this and they're not going to get this anywhere else because it's you. Yeah, exactly. So, so great. Um, great way to end this uh, podcast. Um, so I just want to say thank you, obviously, but um, before we wrap this all up, um, let us know how we can get in connected with you, work with you, you know, find you on Instagram or social media, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, DM me on Instagram. It's my name, Jasmine Jonte. Real original. I don't know. Uh, and yeah, just send me a DM. If you DM me free guide, I'll send you my free guide that you can't get on my website. It's like one of those mm-hmm. super secret menu kind of items. So DM DM that, and I will uh, I'll get it over to you. Awesome. I'll link up um, your Instagram account in the show notes so people can find you. And like I said, you know, thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing your knowledge. I really appreciate it. And I think this was a really great conversation. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. And uh, I'm excited to see all the things you bring into the world this year. Thank you so much. All and, right. Uh, thank you for everybody who's been listening in this week. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. 
Now, if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K-E-N-W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.